This is the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler warning for the Knights of the Old Republic series, Star Wars, The Old Republic, and all other media. This is where the fun begins. Hello there. Star Wars and the Knights of the Old Republic series are filled with a lot of interesting names. Another interesting name you should be aware of is Zapendo. Zapendo is a way that you can send documents with e-signatures, manage contracts, and edit documents, and track who has received them, and do it all from one place for much less than comparable sites. You can also assign stakeholders who would need to be aware of certain contracts, log issues, risks, and attach copies of the contracts, everything like that and more. That's right. Yeah. Zapendo, it gives you the power to manage your contracts, edit them on the fly, send an e-signature, manage your expirations, alerts, and more. And all of that is unlimited with Zapendo, which sounds pretty great. So for more information... Head on over to Zapendo.com, and you can start a free trial. And you can use Old Republic 15 to save 15%. Again, that is Zapendo.com to start your free trial. And remember to use the promo code Old Republic 15 to get 15% off of your subscription. All right, and we can get back to the episode. Hello, Star Wars fans and book lovers everywhere. Today is going to be really amazing because today we are joined by Tarkin's Top Shelf, and uh, we're really excited for that. Um, how are you guys doing today? Wow, we're doing very well. Uh, we just finished uh, speaking with Chuck Windig, so we're kind of on a, on a roll here. We got our water, so I think our vocal cords are kind of warmed up. I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Mark? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, Excited to be interviewed, which is different for us uh, and kind of surprising. So uh, it's nice to know that we have fans out there that listen uh, and also want us on their podcast. So yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Uh, It's always, it's always interesting uh, when the roles are reversed and uh, I don't know, like, We've been on a, a few podcasts, and uh, we're we're just uh, thrilled to have you guys on because uh, we just love like your take on um, Star Wars, like the literature side of of the fandom, and we always like that you keep it uh, positive and like because I think that's that's it's just more fun to kind of focus on the light side of. Uh, the fandom, you know, rather than like, you know, some of the other roots, you know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, that was one of the biggest things when Mark and I first started developing the concept for what we were going to do. Obviously, we knew we were going to review literature and the new books that were coming out. But at the same sense, we didn't want to be, you know, part of the negative cesspool of things. It's like, okay, so we've got to keep this lighthearted, you know, definitely touch on some deep dives, but at the same time, always keep it positive because, you know, what these creators bring to the table, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, especially like if you follow the authors 
along on their Twitter if they're, you know, if they're vocal. And they can tell you, like, at times they're struggling. So mm-hmm. it's not something that's always, I mean, it's fun, but, you know, work can be hard, too, for, for them. So, you know, we try and, you know, understand that this is a job that they're paid to do and they need, they want to do it well. You know, so it may not appeal to every reader, but we always try to find something that we cling to that we can bring to the table with some positive light. And I think we definitely do succeed at that. I don't think we've had one show where we completely just said, well, you know, that was it. We read it. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the only thing that even approached that was... Uh, there, there was a book released that was sort of a, uh, a lot of people sharing their opinions about the tra- trajectory of Star Wars. Uh, it wasn't oh, okay. an officially licensed thing. And there were some people and quotes included that were just kind of mean-spirited. So I didn't feel bad uh, unloading on it a little bit. Um, but, you know, it, it's just like if you watch a, a movie and you stay for the credits, you see all of the people that worked mm-hmm. on it to try to make this thing the best that they could make it. And, you know, with an author, usually it's just the one writer and then you've got an editor. And like, so basically two people really tried to make this thing work. And it's really hard to be negative about something that somebody put time and effort into, even if it's not necessarily your cup of tea. And uh, so, yeah, we definitely try to keep that in mind that unless the thing was written specifically with an axe to grind, then, um, you know, if you don't like it, then, you know, the best thing you can do is just not talk about it. But also there's just, there's something in every project that you can find to enjoy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Because there's so many kind of avenues for, you know, Star Wars, especially on the publishing side. So, you know, you have all different kinds of uh, stories being told and different age levels and, you know, things that are more historic and more kind of behind the scenes sorts of things and, you know, all sorts of fiction and, uh, you know, things like that. So there's lots to explore out there. And, you know, if, if you're not, you know, feeling the vibe of one thing, it's easy enough to, uh, you know, find something else that you're going to, uh, you know, get more out of. Oh, absolutely. And Star Wars now is such a different animal than what it was uh, back in 2005 and prior. Um, It's grown to a level that I think we've received more movies since 2015 to now than we have overall, even with the original trilogy and prequels are not very close in a very short period of time. And then you get all the new video games and the, you know, um, animated series. And now we have live action series and, you know, you've got audio dramas, you've got comic books, you've got graphic novels, you've got young adult novels, you've got, you know, just it's it's just so much bigger mm-hmm. than what it used to be. Not to like totally use Luke's line, it's so much bigger, but um, <laughs> it is than what it used to be. So it's just, you can really dip your toes anywhere you want right now so pick and choose yeah there's something for for everyone and that's a that's a really good point because i i grew up in the 90s so if you wanted star wars then your options were you know some video games that you know lucas arts was putting out or books so that's you know that's kind of how we scratched our itch for you know getting mm-hmm. star wars content for you know like 20 years so yeah yeah and 
Yeah, so Star Wars has definitely, I don't know, it's almost like a bit of a Big Bang or like a second Big Bang, you know, like the galaxy far, far away is uh, getting even in getting even bigger um so we used to always like do the how did you get into the star wars question but what we're kind of wondering is like how did you get into the star wars like literary book side of the fandom wow um i'll let you take this one first mark uh well let me think uh i do (laughs) i do remember in elementary school in the school library i found like a uh a storybook version of A New Hope. I had no idea what it was. It just looked cool. I remember one picture of Luke in his outfit, but I didn't really read it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, The first Star Wars book, though, that I really read um, was the first book of the Jedi Academy trilogy, Jedi Search. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the only book that my brother had, and I know he had read Heir to the Empire, uh, but he didn't actually own it. So he bought that, and I remember it sat on the bookshelf for a couple years because uh, I wasn't ready to read it yet. He was like, you know, five years older than me. and uh, so. Th- but that was the first trilogy I read, uh, and then um, I had to check out the other two at the library because he didn't buy all three. Uh, and then I read the Heir to the Empire trilogy, and, you know, I haven't read any of those in like... <laughs> almost 30 years I don't know or 25 years probably and um so those two trilogies are kind of like the same story in my head uh like the events that that the characters went through so that's that's where I started was uh the Jedi Academy trilogy Mm. very nice that's that's awesome um which I think I knew that again Mark and I are from two different eras here, two different generation gaps are going on. But um, see, for me, the turn to, liter- to literature was probably right after Revenge of the Sith ended. And at that point, we were told, that's it, doors closed, that's all the Star Wars that you're going to get. And I wasn't satisfied with that. And um, <laughs> just wasn't. And by then, my kids were small, uh, 2005. So she's, uh, you're talking... One wasn't even pre-K ready yet, um, but the other two, one was in, I think, pre-K and one was like in first grade. So I started saying, you know what? We're going to go on field trips. We're going to go to the library. And I just started reading because um, I wasn't satisfied. So the first thing I started off with was the Revenge of the Sith novel. Oh. And that is still to this day my favorite Star Wars book. And I must have read that book. I think I checked it out of the library. I don't know how many times before I bought my own copy. Um, <laughs> and even that wasn't enough. And like I said, I would start reading, like, I think after that was Jedi Trials. Because all the pre-K novels, pre-K, uh, see, I got the kids in the brain. Prequel uh, books were coming out. So we read Jedi Trials and um, uh, Labyrinth of Evil, which is the introduction, or the prequel to Revenge of the Sith and started reading those and my friend Jay Krebs over at uh, Podcast Stardust uh, she sent me to borrow her Tatooine ghost book from Troy Denning which is you know Leia visiting Tatooine with Han looking for some Alderanian art and she ends up discovering that her grandmother Shmi left a recording diary of every day without Anakin um, and it just it just broadened everything the whole scope of what I already knew it, it opened up to stories that I didn't know and like oh, I want more so after that I started dabbling in fan fiction <laughs> started yeah. writing my own fact my own fan fiction because I wanted to know what happened between 
Anakin and Padme during the Clone Wars. Like, okay, how did they make okay. this relationship work? Like, that really was nagging at me. And then, lo and behold, you know, we get the Clone Wars series and all that jazz. And it was just unreal. So I don't think, you know, from that point on, I just wanted the story that was playing off screen. I wanted to Mm -hmm. be able to fill in those time gaps, you know, because there always are time gaps in between the movies, right? So I think that's what really started it. Um, And it was a good thing because it ended up leading to this podcast because the whole merger started and that's when we came together and because we both were blogging for the same podcast that had a website at the time and they just thought we'd be a good fit for instead of doing book reviews because as we were told at the time wasn't it this people aren't reading anymore but yet (laughs) we're doing book reviews like people weren't reading blogs anymore (laughs) everyone wants to listen on the go um, so we decided to take the book reviews a step further. And instead of putting it out in blog form, we decided to do it in audio. And there is Target's Top Shelf. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Uh, what about you, Cassia? Do you have any memories of getting into your, you know, your first couple of Star Wars books? Um, I was always a big reader growing up. And we would always go to the library. And I, I always kind of fixated, like, on... Uh, kind of growing up like they would have all these phantom menace tie-in novels like there'd be some for like padme anakin darth maul uh so i kind of like i don't know if people who weren't here for the phantom menace like like the phantom menace like took over the world uh in in the month of like may and june 1999 like everything Mm -hmm. was phantom menace and uh so I, I kind of read those those tie-in books at, at the library, and uh, then there was the Jude Watson uh, Jedi Apprentice and Jedi Quest books, and yep. love them. And I I also read the Jedi Academy as well with the the legends like of Jason and and Jaina Solo. But um, I think we share a a favorite all-time Star Wars book. Uh, Mine is the Star Wars, the Revenge of the Sith, you know, by Matthew Stover. (laughs) And I mean, like people who know me, like I am kind of a sucker for like Greco-Roman history and and kind of like the the literature. And I think even in seventh grade, like when I was reading this book, I kind of knew that it was special uh, because just like the dark... Like, kind of like the interludes that uh, happen in between, like, everything going on. I'm like, this is, like, poetry, and it's, like, the most beautiful thing I've ever read. And, like, true and tragic, but hopeful, you know? And I'm like, this is... Nothing's really come close, and it just really gets into the characters' heads and the psychology behind them. And, uh, like, I'm like, it's perfect, um... (laughs) Uh, it it just is and actually when I was in an MFA program like one of our assignments was to find like a book that like really inspired us you know like uh, like had great sentences and I was like huh part of me does want to put you know Revenge of the Sith by Matthew Stover but like maybe I wouldn't be (laughs) taken seriously in an MFA program if I have like a a prequel tie-in novel so like what I did is like I just kind of took portions of the dark section 
And mm. then, like, I gave it a fake title and a, a fake author name. And some people were like, yeah, I remember reading that. It was always <laughs> really good. And I was like, oh, you you have. And they're like, it reminds me. Like, it's just such a good, you know, like, kind of poetic kind of way of looking at things. So that's my that's my long answer. But uh, what about you, Brian? You ghost wrote your own book report? That's pretty good. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I like attributed Matthew Stover, you know, like... Uh, I got him, oh, okay. people to read him, you know, like, uh, that's awesome <laughs> without them knowing it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's so. fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So for me, I remember, um, if anyone out there is old enough to remember, uh, Walden books, um, mm. we had, mm-hmm. we had one of those in our mall and I remember growing up and I would go in there. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, um, you know, growing up in that time period, you either had, you could play like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter on your computer, or you could read a Star Wars book. And that was about it as far as, you know, Star Wars media went. So I always remember going into Walden's and looking at the Star Wars section. I seem to remember it was always on like the bottom shelf, but maybe that's just because I was a little kid and I just, uh, you know, I'm imagining that in my head. But I remember picking up like the Han Solo trilogy, like the AC uh, Crispin books, um, and like stuff like the Tales from the Most Isolated Cantina and Tales from Jabba's Palace, you know, kind of those short stories. Um, and those always uh, kind of resonated with me, I think probably because I was a little bit on the younger side. So they were easier to to kind of get into and digest. But that's kind of, you know, as far back as as my Star Wars reading uh, memory goes and kind of how I first got into the you know, Star Wars uh, literary scene, so to speak. Um, And then I took, you know, several years off, you know, kind of leading up to the merger and really until like last year, the year before. So about the last two years, um, I really kind of dove back into like the Star Wars, what this, you know, like new canon timeline and just trying to catch up on everything that I missed. And, uh, you know, now we're to the point that everything that I missed is just getting put on the back burner because so much new stuff is coming out all the time. It's just, it's impossible to keep up with, but but yeah, yeah, I you know got introduced to it there. Yeah, kind of at an early age, and now just you know recently have been uh, diving back into it. Yeah, and one thing I was also kind of wondering is uh, I've kind of heard the the story of the name of your podcast. Um, <laughs> for those who who don't know the the story behind the name, uh, what is it? <laughs> Mark, if you don't mind, I'm gonna give him the <laughs> short version. Well, um, see, I didn't even realize this for a while, so go ahead. Right, yeah. well, because it's been, it's been a long time. Um, well, see, we we all were at one time affiliated with the Cantina cast, and over the years, it has definitely switched hands over who's handling that. So, But at the time, it was run by two other people, and they kind of brought all these people in because they wanted to branch out. They wanted to have a website, and they wanted to not just do news, but do you know, personal, thoughtful blogs, you know, whatever mm-hmm. your per- perspective was. And so I somehow got roped into being the main editor of that. Don't remember how that came about. Anyway, um, I had to interview, uh, you know, like people that were interested in coming on to write and see what they're, you know, to see if they actually, you know, would make a good blogger per se, which wouldn't, you know, mean I had to work very hard on editing. Um, <laughs> So that happened and, you know, that I started doing the book reviews, which was a cool thing because we started reaching out Well, I started reaching out to Delray and, you know, all, you know, not Disney as of at that time yet, but Delray to see if we can get advanced copies so the reviews could be ready on time when the books dropped. Anyway, like I said, long story short, that ended up changing to, well, people aren't really going to read those. What if we had an audio, you know, review? So 
that's when they decided, well, let's make some new podcasts. So they wanted to branch out and not just do what they did, but they would be the flagship. And then they wanted one that was more or less like a free-for-all Star Wars, you know, kind of like a spitball. Put it out there, have a good time. They kind of, And this is when they roped you in, Mark, with yeah. um, Alan and Ryder. Yeah, and then they Idiots wanted Array. Idiots Array. And then they mm. wanted um, the book podcast. And so Idiots Array, I'm just... For the record, because I am going to throw this out there, I titled that one because there was three of you and they wanted to keep the cantina theme right, going. Yep. So I said, well, you know, Idiot's Array, that's the winning hand for a game of Sabak. There you go. So, and you, there's three of you. Not saying you're three idiots. No, I'm not saying that. But <laughs> it, it would be a fair assessment, so, though. <laughs> no. So when Tarkin's Top Shelf happened, again, they wanted to keep the cantina theme. And at the time... Mike, who was in charge, he really wanted uh, tea, uh, tea with Tarkin, um, which, yeah, that's hilarious. Um, Tarkin would have tea, but coffee with Kenobi's around, and we're good friends with Dan Zier, and it was too close to coffee with Kenobi, um, and he really wasn't a fan of it, because we actually approached him, obviously, to ask permission, and he wasn't, you know, he didn't think it was good, so we, we agreed, so we kept playing with names, and I'm like, well, you know, Cantina... You know, if you go to a bar, they always have their top-of-the-line liquors, you know, their top shelf. So Tarkin's top shelf, which has two meanings. You know, you've got your alcohol tarp, you know, top shelf and your books that are on your top shelf, your top shelf reading list. So hence, there's Tarkin's top shelf. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's a, it's a clever name. And, uh, I mean, Brian has a, another uh, podcast where they – discuss movies and uh like a, a cocktail of the week so i was like oh like i guess if you ever want to add more fun you know i guess you could like have the cocktail of that inspired by a book or something you know kind of oh absolutely yeah there yeah. you go <laughs> <laughs> so um i guess we kind of talked about what got us into the star wars galaxy but um what are your guys's like favorite authors or book series like outside of the galaxy far far away so uh as far as not Star Wars books? Yeah. Whew, that's a tough one. Because um, <laughs> there, there are so many. I mean, I, I try to read, like, The Lord of the Rings every couple of years. Um, mm -hmm. I, I just, it's a really interesting uh, thing for, like, I, I'm trying to be a writer myself. And as far as, like, the structure of the book, it defies all the rules. Uh, and it just does a lot with, like, details and world building, which is why it translated so well to the, the films um, because Tolkien was so detailed about the, the places he was describing because he knew they were places that you couldn't visit. And so when you see Helm's Deep in the film, it's like, well, wait, that's exactly what was in my head. How did they get that? Um, so I, I definitely recommend that. Um, let's see, what else is on my bookshelf? <laughs> I mean, Adam Christopher, uh, he wrote, he's writing a Star Wars book right now. Um, but he's got a good writing style. He's done some tie-in fiction for Stranger Things and Elementary. Uh, I definitely recommend that. And uh, let's see. I, I was always a big fan of Michael Crichton's work. Um, you know, probably not his last couple of books, but yeah. um, I don't know. Like Jurassic Park was the first book that was like adult fiction that I really was like, I got to read this book because I loved the movie. Uh, and, you know, The Lost World, the, the book that is not at all like the film. That they <laughs> no, uh, um, not at all. <laughs> I, I have read that book more than any other book 
uh, ever. I think I read it five times before the movie even came out. And to me, it's the sequel to Jurassic Park. Uh, like The Lost World, it's fine. Uh, but the third movie, ironically, is actually more like the book of The Lost World. So, uh, yeah. So, oh, and, you know, it's funny. Uh, Stephen King, I'm not usually a fan of horror, but he writes so well. Like his book, 112263, about time travel and the trying to stop mm. the Kennedy assassination. Uh, that kind of story always gets me because I'm always relitigating my past and thinking, if only I could have done this instead of that. Um, and uh, it's been a while since I've read a Dean Koontz book, but I, I did enjoy uh, his books a lot when I was younger. <laughs> mm, wow. What, what about one. you, Becca? Well, Jurassic Park, obviously, I have told you that that's, you know, the original uh, novel. Um, that's my one of my top. Uh, but what I do dabble back and forth with, most people laugh at this, I don't care. It plays out differently in my mind in the novelization versus what you see on screen. I love Stephanie Myers. I love the Twilight series books. Sorry. You know, when those books were coming out, when the movies were coming out, both of my girls were very young teenagers. So in order for a mother to approve of things, yes, I read them and I couldn't stop. I, I enjoyed reading them while the girls were reading them and going to see the films, but I prefer the series. It's written very well. I do love um, J.K. Rowling. I do love the Harry Potter series. Um, so, of course, you can see where this is going. I'm all into the sci-fi fantasy stuff. Um, I love, love, ever since I was little, the um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Anything Narnia, Chronicles of Narnia. Um, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I see, I am a very big fan of witch lore. So anything that can cover that, I am all in. Um not that it's a book, but my middle child, who's now 21, she is trying so hard to get me to watch the Netflix series, the um, originals based off the um, Vampire Diaries. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, oh, okay. so we're a very big sci-fi fantasy family. So, but yeah, um, yeah, those would probably be where I would go to. Those are my other franchises, so to speak, that I go into. And I did think of one I left out, uh, The the Expanse. Uh, Ooh. Those books uh, are basically, what if instead of a utopian future where humanity solved all its problems like Star Trek, uh, what if we just brought all those problems into space and didn't solve them? Oh, uh, yeah. And so basically... So shelved them, so to speak. Right. Yeah. It, it's really depressing, though. So if I'm in a bad <laughs> mood, I, I can't. Um, but basically, it's like, if we don't solve our problems, uh, then they just they become Accumulate. worse or they yeah. just change and stay just as bad. And so basically everything goes bad because of miscommunication and misunderstanding. So mm, <laughs> that's chaos. That, those are some thick books. <laughs> yeah. The expanse sounds depressing, but like it sounds interesting. So I think you sold me on that. So yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah. I'll have, to, I'll have to look into that one. Yeah. Cause I hear it's a, it's a great TV series as well, or it's a, is it a series or a movie? Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, oh, that's where I okay. because they they were they were on the Sci Fi Channel. They got canceled, but then they got picked up uh, by Amazon for the last couple seasons. So yeah, oh, okay. and some very good casting in that as well. Um, although the books, there's just there's so much more happening in the books um, to the point that there's I think like the sixth or seventh book, every chapter is a different person for the first half of the book because oh, they have wow. so many characters. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it, it's really interesting study because uh, the first book, I actually put it down like halfway through because I'm like, oh, this is so stupid because I thought incorrectly they were just doing space zombies. 
and I hate zombies. Um, I, I just, I don't know, like The Walking Dead, I read the comic books, and then the show was like really good and different, and then the creator of the comic books was like, I don't like what they're doing with the show, and so he said, basically, we're going to make the show more like the comics again, and that's when I lost interest, because it's like, I've already seen this story, even though some of the characters died who didn't, and, you know, they're now killing different characters. It, it was still playing out the same. And I'm just like, that's too depressing in a show. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can deal with it in a black and white comic book, but I can't deal with it in a show. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so anyway, yeah. So it's not about zombies. So it's, it seems like it's about zombies, but it's not. So I'll just put that okay. out there for, for the expanse. Okay. Not zombies. I'm writing that down. So. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it, but it's not. Okay. Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned Lord of the Rings. I have my, uh, is it Durin's, Durin, is is that like a dwarven deity or something like in Lord of the Rings? You know, I, I can't think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's like Durin, son of Hunden or something. <laughs> yeah, like I have a candle burning uh, from Irewolf, like uh, Durin's day. So, uh Ooh. Lord of the Rings, like literature inspired. So, yeah. So. Oh right, yeah. This it's from the Hobbit. That's that's what it is. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I just remembered. It's when they get to uh, the Lonely Mountain and they have to get in on the the, the on Durin's day, which I just looked it up. The last moon of autumn and the first sun of winter appear in the sky together. So it's oh. the first day of the Dwarves' New Year. That's what it is. Okay. Oh. So that time is actually coming up, you know, end of autumn, beginning of winter. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. Yeah. Perfect time for your candle. See? Yeah. I'm you did gonna, well. Very yeah. good. I'm going to burn this candle. I'll have to consult, <laughs> exactly. you know, yeah. uh, the Tolkien experts out there when it is. Uh, that's right. Yeah. 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 You, just, you just upset a whole bunch of people because today is not the day, I think. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Although, if you like Tolkien, uh, Billy Moynihan... And, or no, Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan have a podcast called The Friendship Onion, and oh, uh, cool. th- they get into Lord of, Ring- the Lord of the Rings quite frequently. In fact, they have a quiz where they have guests on every week about Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's uh, fun. But mostly they're just talking about their lives because they're just genuinely good friends. Uh, so if you love Lord of the Rings, uh, definitely check them out. I know that uh, they probably don't need the promotion from me, uh, but yeah, I- I've really loved uh, their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're, I'm always down to listen to more podcasts, uh, like kind of get a variety, you know? And, sure. Yeah. And I like that you said that you like Twilight because I, I think like not enough people just like love what they love, you know? And uh, like it got a lot of people reading. It got people interested in yep. young adult fiction. Mm-hmm. like. I think young adult fiction as it exists today is uh, due to Twilight, honestly. I agree with that. I mean, like I said, the books, to me, surpass what you see on screen. Because, again, it is such a fantasy realm. There's only so much you can do to portray that on screen to give it, you know, a realism to it. You know what I'm saying? And I think now if they were to go back and do those movies, they would look altogether better. Mm -hmm. Because there's so much more technology to do what they wanted to do i mean even in just that amount of time because you figure i want to say breaking down one and two came out almost simultaneously with harry potter's um uh oh my gosh 
Deathly Hallows Part Deathly One and Hallows, Two. Yeah. I want, yeah, I want to mm-hmm. say they were very close when those ended. So I think they want to, I want to say like 2011 ish. Those both finished 2012 ish, maybe. Yeah. Wow. So it's been it's been a long time because I know TNT is actually celebrating 20 years of Harry Potter. I'm like, there's no way, and I'm like, oh, it is. It is. That's actually. not. That's not right. <laughs> Anytime I hear that, it just makes me I'm feel old. I'm so old. Like it's just so bad. <laughs> But it's, you know what, I love anything right now. I think I'm just very comfortable in my skin in that regard where I don't care saying, I like this. I don't mm-hmm. care. You know, and I'm also, I want to watch shows now or read things that have to do with what kids are going through. Because I think I I raised my kids. You know, they're, in, they're, they're young adults now. And I think I really relate to that. And I think that's why, like, when we were talking earlier, Mark, I really related to the prequels when they came out i didn't have any like ugh, jar jar i didn't have that because my kids were so young and i was looking at these movies through their eyes yeah you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so i took it in that value you know and yeah i mean i think that's part of it i think we lose sight of these things that these stories even twilight you know they're meant for young people star wars is meant for kids i mean so I think that's something we should always keep in the back of our minds. Like Mark loves to say, you know, try to go into these new stories, whether they be live action or films or books, whatever, with no expectations. Because you'll be mm-hmm. a lot happier for it in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because when I saw episode nine, uh, instead of being like, this thing makes me mad, I was thinking, I know this person will be mad about this, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's um there's a really good documentary called The Prequels Strike Back that Cassie and I have uh, covered and talked about a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and there's there's a really good quote in it. And Cassie can correct me if I if I get it wrong, but it's something about like now that I'm grown up, I'm not watching Star Wars. I'm watching my kids watch Star Wars. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I just watched Episode Nine with my kids for the first time uh, for them last night, and it, it blew their minds. They loved it. So there you um, go. That's that's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like Star Wars uh I guess it's kind of like a, a fairy tale myth uh for our day and there's always different branches of the tree, you know, to if you don't like one branch, guess what? There's like 80 other billion branches that you can exactly. like find. Like we're kind of like a old republic pod cast you know like we, we kind of center on the old republic knights of the old republic and i think maybe we're kind of moving towards like with the remake happening and possible other things like people like it'll be maybe you know a little bit more topical a little more relevant you know uh because mm-hmm. uh, it kind of seems like the the high republic is also kind of building uh i don't know the bridge backwards in the timeline and uh, we're always a, a big fan of that. Um, but I guess, like, kind of speaking of branches, like, what are some Star Wars books you'd recommend for, like, fans wanting to kind of explore the literary side of the fandom? Well, um, anything by Claudia Gray. I mean, I'll just throw that out <laughs> there right yeah. away. Because usually uh, her book is, her books are, like, the majority of my top five Star Wars books. I mean, uh, the first book that she wrote was Lost Stars, which mm-hmm. I should have hated 
um, because it was like the idea of Romeo and Juliet combined with plugging in characters that didn't exist into somewhat familiar situations from the movies. And so both of those things were going against it when I went into it because, you know, I just, I hated Romeo and Juliet in high school. Um, And if that had been the only Shakespeare play that I had to read in school, I would still hate Shakespeare today. Um, But thankfully I had a very passionate English teacher uh, who uh, in 10th grade, not my freshman year, but 10th grade, he's like, no, no, don't, that's, that's just the very, that's the very basic Shakespeare. Let me introduce you to, you know, Macbeth and Othello Mm -hmm. and King Lear and like just this really deeply thematic stuff that was exploring psychology before psychology was a thing. Um, And so Lost Stars accomplished so much that it, it, it became my favorite book immediately in Star Wars. And the only thing that knocked it off the list was probably Master and Apprentice, which is also by Claudia Gray. Mm-hmm. And the, the the thing with her is she's written in just about every era now. Mm-hmm. And so if you like the sequel trilogy, if you like the originals, if you like the prequels, if you like the High Republic, like the idea of it, you can pick up a book by Claudia Gray and it's going to be good. Um, so, yeah, I, I have... Uh, no reservations in saying that, like, I recommend Claudia Gray highly, um, and you should check out her books if you haven't checked out any of the Star Wars books yet. Uh, like, she's just a really great place to start. I can't disagree with that. Um, she's phenomenal, and if you haven't had a chance yet to catch our interview with her that was live-streamed last Saturday, um, just look up on YouTube Potathon. Uh, 2021 and go to the 3 p.m. Eastern timestamp and you'll see that. Um, She goes into talking about uh, bloodlines. Uh, We got her on the High Republic a little bit and Master and Apprentice, um, all that and uh, how they all interconnect with what she's uh, been doing and with the other eras of Star Wars. She's just awesome. And also, I'm going to note this because we were talking about this earlier. I believe Cassia said it. Um, Claudia doesn't just write Star Wars. She's been doing writing for oh my gosh for a very long time at her what she does the most is young adult novels typically um so she's got some stuff in the works with that too as well just things that are not star wars related but for me recommendations uh cassia if you have not read um ronin because you mentioned uh revenge of the sith being your favorite star wars book because of how poetic it is the only thing that comes close to it now is emma Kendon's star wars novel ronin i suggest that you pick that up i think you will fall in love with that similar to how you fell in love with revenge of the sith because of the way she writes it oh i have a story about that um it's called (laughs) i was on a hike and i was listening to your podcast and i was like okay um i'm gonna turn around right now and go to a barnes and noble and buy this book you know so i I left my hike early listening to that i'm like okay I am converted to all things Ronin, and uh, yeah, okay, I love good. that interview with, oh, that you awesome. had with them. So. Awesome. Thank you. So, yeah, that, I mean, but otherwise, fan-wise, I think, um, geez, it all depends on where you're at in your Star Wars journey. But, yeah, anything Claudia Gray, like Mark said, is phenomenal. Uh, Revenge of the Sith is always my go-to uh, Star Wars book. Um I love Dooku Jedi Lost. I think that's a great book because of where it happens. It's before the prequels. Um, it's before the High Republic era. And yet it connects to all of it. 
you know, and I think there's just some really good stuff in there that if you don't listen to it, but now you can also pick up the actual um, hard copy of it. I suggest doing that. Um, what's another good one? We love the Thrawn, the Thrawn books, the newer ones by, by Timothy Zahn. Those are good, especially if you want character-driven stories, if you're just looking for mm-hmm. character backstory. E.K. Johnson, we have to bring that up. Yeah. Um, she's done well with the Ahsoka novel, but the Padme ones, ugh. Oh, yes. Yep. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Padme advocate. Um, and I love the fact that she's been going back and giving us the backstory that not just the fans deserve, but the character deserves. Oh, absolutely. And what she's developed there, giving the handmaidens these roles that are just, I mean, who would have thought this, right? But it makes so much sense now when you go back and you watch them. And that's just it. There's these books, like those books, and um, the one by Claudia Gray, Master and um, Apprentice. You read those books, and then you go back to the prequels. And it's like, holy moly. It just adds more layers to to what you see on screen. And I think that's, to me, the masterpiece of these books, is if they can do that, where you can look at the films differently because of what you read, and it adds layers, then they've done phenomenal work. So um, that's something, uh, like another thing to look at is the E.K. Johnson books, um, Claudia Gray, Kevin Scott. Yeah, all of those. Yeah. And of course... And you have uh, you have time to uh, get the uh, the E.K. Johnson, the, uh, was it the Queen's... Um, Queen's Hope. Is Peril Queen's and, Hope. and Queen's Shadow. Yeah. Finished up because yeah, Queen's Hope comes out this spring, right? So yeah, April I believe is what they're saying. So yeah, I'm I'm so excited for that because uh, I mean I grew up in a time where I wasn't really allowed to love uh, Anna Dalla's romance because they're like, oh, it's so bad, but I'm like, I love it and it's poetic and it's amazing, and but but now we we can like we have a book coming out like all about it and I'm just so excited. So oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Padme, I don't know, like, she deserves more, more love, I think. Uh, and I think we're kind of, we're kind of getting it now, you know, like, uh, yeah. like iconic literal queen, you know? So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's something Mark and I have been saying for a while is that, that if they did an entire series on her entire 10 years as senator, I think that would be phenomenal. It is 10, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 10 years. Yeah. Exactly. She, she stepped down as as queen and yep. they're going to change the constitution for her, but then they, she's, she did the the right thing, you know? And, uh, and she was always trying to do the right thing yeah. to better everybody else. She was very selfless. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Deserves more hype, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love those books and I love kind of the extra background information we got from uh Kristen Baver's Skywalker uh family oh, at war that's uh, awesome yes. going more into uh their relationship uh, and we need so that, as that was well. excellent thank yeah. you we, we need, need a some background story. Shmi. oh yeah yes. yeah I I loved listening to your guys's um everything about uh Kristen Baver's uh Skywalker a family at war um like just that book it's just such a unique take like a kind of a history book on, mm-hmm. on the Skywalker saga um and just like getting the Shami content I didn't realize I needed and uh the world deserves and the world needs more Shami 
Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And Kristen Baver, she's awesome. And I think that flows right into her work as well. You can just, the love that she has for what Star Wars is just pours off every, every page. And it's just, it's amazing. She really did a phenomenal job with that. And she's such a wonderful person, very generous with her time. Isn't she, Mark? Oh, absolutely. Uh, She was actually disappointed when the interview ended. That was your fault. (laughs) Yeah, it, it was. I was just trying to be respectful of time. (laughs) I know, but she wanted to answer the last question. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. (laughs) You have to leave it wanting a little bit, right? Right. Yeah, it's like a cliffhanger at the end of, uh, you know, the the, the TV episode. Uh, Come back next season. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I was just was always so excited to listen to like everyone like doing a a podcast episode on that book because it's just so unique and I I loved how it was written and just kind of like in a way it kind of analyzes the character's psychology in new ways but like kind of seeing things in a different context kind of more historical really kind of gave me more insight into the prequels and a different aspect of the originals kind of more of an emphasis on Leia you know, mm-hmm. and which I appreciated, uh, and just how she handled the sequels, uh, I I really really enjoyed it. And we did an episode uh, on Skywalker uh, family at war, and we would do you know more, you know, like we we just love that book so much. So mm-hmm. I remember when they announced it, I I don't remember I was listening to a podcast or something, and they mentioned that it was coming out, and I was like, a biography about the Skywalkers. I was like. Uh, that doesn't really make that much sense. I I'm not sure about that. But then as soon as I found out that, uh, you know, Kristen Baver was the one writing it, I was like, yep, got to go get that and check it out. And uh, yeah, definitely glad I did because it was excellent. It's probably the closest thing we'll get to a Ken Burns documentary of Star Wars. Yes. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just such a nerd like about the crown when it comes out. Like, And after this interview, uh, I'm going to be seeing uh, Spencer. So like... Just like I, I, I'm such an, I can be a nerd about like you know the the Windsor family and like, sure Greco Roman history and like so when just like when I was reading Skywalker Family at War and heard the premise I'm like okay that's an insta you know buy so yep gonna get this so awesome you'll have to let me know how Spencer is because that is one movie that is on my list to see I I haven't been to the theater since this whole thing began so. To go to a theater, I think that's the one I want to see. Um, my mother, uh, she passed away in 2019, and she was a huge Princess Di fan. Like, I remember being a little girl when uh, Princess Diana married uh, Prince Charles, and um, it was on the TV. And, of course, back then, you got, like, four channels. Sorry. And you had to go up and actually turn the dial. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. And I remember yeah. we could not touch the TV. Like, I remember going to change it, and she smacked my hand. No! She's getting married. We have to have this on. It was like an all-day affair. It was on all day. So, yeah, my mother was very much uh, a follower of, of her. And, you know, she had the porcelain dolls. And, oh, yeah. So I want to go and watch this for her. So, um, and, of course, uh, Kirsten Stewart is uh, the lead actress in that, which it blows my mind how much she looks like her. How they mm-hmm. do. Like, there's just certain yeah. angles like, whoa, she pulled this off. So, yeah, got to hand it to her. She can do more than just a shimmery vampire. <laughs> yeah. And she's a great actress. If, if you're sleeping, like, 
on her films, like, you shouldn't, like, even if you didn't like Twilight, she's a great actress. Same with Robert Pattinson. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, like, look at the entire body work, not just, you know, one thing you may not, like, like, so, yeah. Exactly. So, So, yeah, I'm very excited for Spencer, you know, so. I guess, um, kind of looking towards the future, like, what are some upcoming Star Wars projects or... Like, they can be shows, movies, or, or books that, that you guys are excited for. Well, uh, what am I not looking forward to is more accurate. Um, I mean, obviously, the Book of Boba Fett is something that I would have never expected being excited for. Because, you know, I had made peace with the fact that Boba Fett, while looking cool, was not that... Like, he, he didn't do much in the movies. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know... I, I'm so surprised by how how much that character changed for me in one episode of The Mandalorian. So, like, I'm all in on that. Uh, but I think the book I'm most excited about is um, Adam Christopher's uh, mm. Shadow of the Sith, or is it Shadows of the Sith? Shadows um, of the Sith. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know, like, mostly he's a, an author that has listened to our show, so that makes me nervous. Uh, and, <laughs> and I enjoy his writing. And... So I know that it's a really good pairing. Plus, it's a story that I've been wanting to read. Uh, so that I'm very excited for. Uh, and then, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi's coming up next year. Um, and I think Becca will probably have words about that. <laughs> That's where I was going to start. I know. It's so, it's so sad. Oh, my gosh. See, I don't feel guilty anymore, you know, sharing and expressing my love for Hayden Christensen because he's 40 now. So I can say things. <laughs> Like back when he was first out, I was so, you know, I'm, there's a seven year difference, you know, but now it's not so bad. Um, so, yeah, Kenobi. Oh, my gosh. OK, let's just say that we have been toyed with that. A movie, blah, 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 yada, yada. For how many years, folks? Mm-hmm. Basically you know, since the since 2012, I feel like. Right. <laughs> so now that we know that we're having it and it's not just Kenobi, we're getting you know, Anna, they're going to deal with Anakin and Vader, so we get Hayden back. Like, thank you, Miss Chow, for bringing Hayden back. So I'm excited about that. Just the whole time period, you know, I'm excited to see how it's going to line up with everything we have so far. And, yeah, so good stuff coming there. Um, very excited for Book of Boba Fett, which I never thought it would be anything I'd want. Um, love the fact that the title has the word book in it. So that's, you know, even more <laughs> exciting for us. Um, book wise right now, I am really looking forward to, uh, Padme's, uh, Queen's Hope because that's before Adam Christopher's book. Um, and of course I am looking for Shadows of the Sith, uh, Brotherhood too, uh, by Mike Chen. I am looking forward yeah. to that as well. Cause again, more prequel content, finally getting, you know, uh, more love for that. Getting Plus, its love, yeah. Yeah, plus Asajj is supposed to be in that one as well. Oh. Uh-huh. I don't nice. know if I knew that, so I'm like, <gasps> yeah. try not well, to Well, I've been really following <laughs> his tweets, um, so yes, and that kind of slipped out. So Asajj will be in that as well. I don't know what big of a part she's going to have, but she's in there. So yeah, that's, I mean, really. Oh, and Andor. I'm not going to, you know, say no to that because there are some things in there or in that time period that we could get that are really exciting we could get Hera showing Mm -hmm. up in that I mean there is and we just came off a great conversation Mark uh you know there is possibility not saying we know anything that someone from the aftermath trilogy would make a great fit 
in that yeah. series. And that is who? Well, we think uh, Sinjur Rathvelis would be a good character, or Ray Sloan. Oh, <laughs> you know. okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so on the younger side of things and on the uh, definitely imperial side of things. But, uh, yeah, it, it I don't even know what to expect from that show, and I'm excited mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there's lots of nice stuff coming out. Yeah. yeah. What are you yeah. looking forward to, Brian? Um, yeah, so, I mean, all of that stuff is great. I actually think that I'm... <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to not say, you know, Kenobi because it's it's going to be just <laughs> blow everyone's mind. I'm sure when it when it comes out. So I'm going to I'm going to just put that one to the to the side for now because, you know, that's that's going to be great. But I'm really excited for the Cassian Andor series because I I I hope that it has a lot of um, kind of like spy espionage. So I think it'll mm. maybe feel different than some other Star Wars stuff that we've seen. Um, have a little bit of a different flavor to it. And um, like you said, uh, you know, for the past couple of years when we had the Mandalorian and all this stuff, you know, announced and people are like, ooh, this this person could make a cameo or, you know, this character could come in and make a cameo. And I'm like, all of these cameos make the most sense in the Cassian Andor yep. series. So uh, I'm yeah. really excited for, for what they do about it. And it's been pretty hush on what's going on. So, and I like that because I'm not a big fan of trailers and uh, leaks and spoilers and stuff. I try to stay away from all that stuff. So yeah, I'm really excited for uh, Cassian Andor uh, later next year. Uh, what about, what about you, Cassio? What's, what's uh, number one on your horizon? Uh, well, I mean, obviously Kenobi because I have a pulse, you know. But um, <laughs> it, <laughs> hot Jedi summer, yeah. Right? And I and I have it on good authority that uh, Hayden Christensen is forty now. So there you go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, I grew up with the prequels. I ha- I legit had a poster of Hayden Christensen on my wall, <laughs> like uh, like him is is. Uh, Attack of the Clones, you know, uh, Anakin, like, I thought he was really good looking, you know, like, all the guys and girls growing up, you know, like, I, they were like, he's, he's okay, objectively okay looking, you know, like, is, is the way to say it, you know, like, uh, just kidding, like, probably like him too much, you know, and, uh, <laughs> uh, but i'm really uh excited for acolyte as well Mm. um i think that's gonna be an amazing story and i'm excited uh for that and i'm also really excited for brotherhood by mike chen um just because it covers the prequels like what i would love to learn more about like a newly knighted anakin kind of dealing with everything or not dealing with everything and they just have such an, like, I, I feel like the most interesting relationship in all of Star Wars is Anakin and Obi-Wan, uh, just because, like, it's kind of like they're brothers, uh, friends, uh, resentful friends sometimes, master, apprentice, hero, villain, uh, enemies. It's it's just like everything in the kitchen sink is there, and yeah, and I'm also looking at forward to The Queen's Hope. Uh, by E.K. Johnson, because uh, c- I, I don't know, I, I kind of started, like, uh, kind of following her uh, when I realized she was playing KOTOR for the first time, and I was like, yeah, I, I, I like uh, just kind of hearing her perspective on things, and uh, yeah, there's so much to look forward to, so I'm excited. 
Uh, absolutely, there is uh, so much good stuff coming on the horizon, uh, which is which is awesome. It is a great time to be a fan of the Star Wars universe for sure, because there's plenty coming for everyone, no matter what you're looking for. Yeah, it's like the Brandon Sanderson of uh, amount of content we're getting right now, like mm-hmm. written by you know different people, not just Brandon Sanderson, but like. I don't know how he <laughs> writes as much as he does, and it's all one person. All right. Well, yeah, that kind of kind of that kind of takes care of you know going over the Star Wars literary world. You know, at least kind of dipping our toes in there. And you know, for everyone listening out there, if you've uh, not been into the books, you know, now is a great time to get into with all of the canon stuff, all of the legend stuff being re released. You have the High Republic, um, you know, a slew of comic books and audio dramas and a uh, little bit of everything. And the best place to follow along with what's coming out and, you know, get some news, get some really great interviews is going to be uh, Tarkin's Top Shelf uh, with Mark and Becca. So, Mark and Becca, thank you so much for joining us and talking with us a little bit today. Thank you very much for yeah. having us. This has been great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell everyone listening out there uh, where they can connect with you guys and, you know, check out the podcast and uh, follow along with uh, your own literary adventures. Okay, yeah. So I'll do our usual spiel, so to speak. So if you want to reach out to us, um, best place is ttspodfeedback at gmail.com. That is our email. Mark and I do try and check that on a regular basis. Sometimes give us a few days. So don't be discouraged if you don't hear from us right away. Um, if you want to interact with us, the best place is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and we are at Tarkin's Top Shelf on all three of those platforms. You can listen to us wherever you catch your pods. We should be on every podcatcher uh, platform. If we're not, email us, let us know, and we'll figure that out and figure out why. Um, also, we have a podcast network, uh, which consists of us as you know, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Idiot's Array, and Kanata's Castle. Those that can all be found at the Pitiful Little Band, um, which is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And, of course, we are on YouTube. You can watch us all get together there and just have some fun talking about Star Wars. Um, and where can they find you, Mark? Uh, I'm at Mark E. Suter on Twitter. Uh, if you want me to respond, you should tag me uh, because I don't uh, go on there very often. But if you if you tag me, I'll see it when I do check it. Uh, you can also hear me on the Idiots Array podcast every couple of weeks where we just kind of talk about whatever we feel like. Um, or we do like a March Madness style bracket for our favorite whatever, uh, which is always very entertaining, especially when we have arguments. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Yeah. So everyone make sure you go out and uh, follow those accounts and, uh, you know, go pick up a Star Wars book or, you know, any book and give it a read. Uh, because it's a great time for that. And thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. And you can find us on Instagram at Old Republic Podcast. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. And if you want to connect with us on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. On Patreon, the link is in our Instagram bio, or you can find it at www.patreon.com slash Old Republic Podcast. And the Old Republic podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscription, reviews, and shares help us out. Our intro theme was composed by Dennis S. Mowers at DennisMowersMusic.com. 
Our outro theme was composed by Alistair Sherman at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash alistairsounds. And our transition music was composed by Christian Walker at christianwalkermusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the Force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.